By now, it's no secret that language has power. Though our methods of communication have shifted from century to century, there has always been value in those who are keen enough in their observation to make tangible note of the world surrounding them. Poetry has been an art form that has carried us through time, varied in function and form, but always present. In today's episode, we'll examine poetry as a media device. Together, we can try and answer the question that's plagued critics of poetry for ages. What has poetry ever done for anyone? I'm Callie Sample. This is Literary Devices. Much like any other communication tool, poetry as a media device has evolved over time. Poetry was a tool first used by the Sumerians to make memorizing stories easier. Epic poetry rose in popularity with tales like Gilgamesh and the works of Hesiod and Homer. Medieval times meant the beginning of playing with content and language. We started to see the shift from classist Latin works to the vernacular or the language of the common people. With the Renaissance's attitude of reinvention and innovation came poetic creativity and changes in structure, form, and meter. This creativity is evident in a poem like Death, Be Not Proud by John Donne whose death figure is personified and heard bragging not only about the amount of men he's slain, but the lovers he's taken as well. Don's combining notions of religious ideas and daring suggestive personification demonstrate the layering of ideas and hidden subtext present in a lot of poetry at the time. With the Enlightenment period came the interest in returning to classical Greek styles and newfound respect for formal styles and discipline. We don't have to bore ourselves with the details of this time. Let's move to the 1700s, where we find the Romantic period, when poets found themselves breaking away from more traditional ideas. New ways of expression were found in this era. Themes of individuality and nature found their way to the forefront, and creativity was valued over logic. The end of the Romantic period also saw the beginnings of the Transcendentalist movement, an urge to break away from society's institutions. Poets dared to speak about things other than church, war, or suffering, here, we move beyond simply observing society's structures. Real feelings, notions of the self, and what it all means in relation to nature were explored in this time. The Transcendentalist movement paved the way for poets like Walt Whitman in the Victorian period. If you've heard of this niche poet, this was his time to shine, though not all of his work was critically acclaimed at the time of publishing. From Leaves of Grass, here are some of these themes at work in an excerpt from Song of Myself. I celebrate myself and sing myself, and I assume you shall assume, for every atom belonging to me as good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. My tongue, every atom of my blood formed from this soil, this air, born here of parents, born here from parents the same, and their parents the same. I, now 37 years old, in perfect health begin, hoping to cease not till death. Walt, and other popular poets of the time, normalized the push against formal structures, giving rise to the modernist movement of the early 1900s. The works of poets like Gertrude Stein, William Butler Yeats, W. H. Auden, and T. S. Eliot are present in this movement. 
The Poetry Foundation says that this movement was a reevaluation of the assumptions and aesthetic values of the poet's predecessors. So, after all this time and evolution, a few things have been established for poetry as a media device today. First, form, meter, and structure have become experimental and abstract. Poets today have the freedom to structure their works how they please, without so much risk of facing immense criticism. Spoken word and slam poetry have become styles all of their own, and are a medium that have pulled away from the possibly pretentious and elitist nature of more classic forms of studying poetry. Music has become a powerful tool for distributing poetic lyrics to the masses. In some ways, poetry has evolved to be more accessible. Poetry has always been a way of observing, observing our surroundings, our feelings, our sense of self, our relationships with each other. The lovely and important thing about the art form today is that the kind of voices that are given credibility are not so limited. Poetry, like most art forms, is historically dominated by cis white men. Today, we appreciate the fact that poetry is a space that can tell stories of differing types of human experiences. American poet Major Jackson says, I think poetry ought to be taught not as an engine of meaning, but as an opportunity to learn to live in doubt and uncertainty, as a means of claiming indeterminacy. Our species is deeply defined by its great surges of reason, but I think at high time we return to elemental awe and wonder. Such a position is necessary to our communal health. Jackson also speaks to another powerful and crucial element of poetic experiences, empathy. The readerly self if the music and strategies of the poem are a success, fades away to assume the speaker's identity or the poem's psychic position. Once a reader has fully internalized the poem's machinations, she collects a chorus within her and is transformed. This ritual generates empathy and widens our humanity. Wherever you're listening from, thanks for tuning in. You can find literary devices anywhere you get your podcasts.